Ricardi started struggling once the renewal numbers <laughs> came out. <laughs> once the money, million, right? once the, the millions started <laughs> ding, 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 ding in his ears. That's it. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Serie Audio Experience with IF. TV. We don't have Antonio today. He wasn't available to come and film. So we've got Ludovico back again. Ludo, thank fan you so favorite. much for having me. Thank you for being back. Always a pleasure. Everybody always loves asking you. The Napoli fans are obsessed with you. We get like at least hundreds <laughs> of DMs for everybody. Guys, we need Ludovico back on. We need to hear him speak That's about Napoli more. Royal today. There we go. <laughs> um, it was a great week of Serie A. Uh, ups and downs. A lot of surprises as we always expect. The third to seventh place, guys, there's five-point difference between third place and seventh place in Italy. Um, the competition for the Champions League spot is just heating up, right? Mike, what do you think? It's, it's looking crazy. We're making a graphic on this, and we're like, whoa, whoa, let's check out this table. The Champions League and, like you said, Europa League, all these all these teams could be switching back and forth. And uh, in Europa League, too, I, I don't think any team is safe. Uh, they're only going to be fighting uh, till the last day, I think. And, and the best part is that Atalanta's one point away from that fourth we're, spot. Yeah, we're going to be asking some so, fun questions afterwards. <laughs> if well, they could do it, it's well, crazy. You know, it's, it, it means so much more because the fourth spot guarantees Champions League. Sure. Like in the sure. past, right. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Round. Yeah. So, like, right. imagine, like, Atalanta or, uh, you know, one of the smaller teams, I'm yeah. you know, you making it. Once you place, you're, you're, you're in, yeah. and that's $30 million, sure. and then all the other money that you make. So. It means a lot more than what it once was. We've seen a how lot many times yeah, exactly. Udinese used to make it, and then they didn't make it. To yep, and then they got thing. even Roma with Porto, who they're gonna play this week. We were just saying how was it two years ago mm -hmm. that they played yeah. Porto for the qualifications, but now that qualification spot is a good point. Um, let's go straight into the matches. We got a lot of fan questions today. We're gonna have a, a good um, fan question heavy segment towards the end, but we'll start off from the top, Roma. Right, we got. Uh, they got the Champions League this week. They got back to winning ways against Kievo 3-0 um, with Jeko on the score sheet. We know that they're going to be missing a lot of players for this Champions League spot. Uh, actually, Sheik is out. Manolas is back. Olsen is still 50-50. We don't know between him and Mirante, but they're definitely, got, definitely not going to be 100%. Uh, back to winning ways, but against Porto, I think it's going to be a little bit of difficult. Uh, they're going to struggle a little bit more, right? Yeah, uh, Porto, their last two games, they didn't get a win yet, but they're still on top of their league, so uh, it's always going to be a tight uh, It's always going to be a tight race between them because we all know what happened last time. Also, a fact, I don't really want to say they never Roma never beat Porto in a European uh, competition. They never before. won? They never played many times either, so it's not like... I think they only played Jeez. two or three times. So, but yeah, it's not... The the history's not on their side. But Did you guys see Roma? Record. The Roma game at all? Uh, I didn't see the game. I saw the goals. Uh, I'm glad that Roma is back. Uh, and I'm glad also for Di Francesco because he's a coach that I like. Uh, and, um, you know, that's where Roma belongs. Uh, it couldn't be any better race between all those teams. It's going to be great until the end for the fourth place. Um, and uh, I am sure that uh, in the Champions Leagues, they're going to come out. They're going to come out strong. And it's good to see Jaco score because he hadn't scored in a, in, in a while. Actually, uh, th this Sunday, there were a lot of center forwards that scored, right? Uh, Petania scored, uh, Zapata scored, Zeko scored. Uh, 
a destro destro scored a year he hasn't scored a goal yeah. Yeah. so and yeah. you know there was a, a Piantec score so it was good it was good to see um all the center forwards from the old and the new score roma to my um, in my opinion you you never know which roma you're gonna get whether it's champions league Oh, it's uh, Serie A. They did lose once in Champions League. Also, they received seven goals a couple of years ago. It happened in Coppa Italia. You never know what might happen. It's a team that's very that's very fragile uh, mentally. It's 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 a fragile uh, locker room. And and Di Francesco is sometimes I feel is like trying to climb on on um, on mirrors and and trying to perform psychological uh, miracles but uh, it's hard Roma it's always been a city like that and just look at the amount of coaches that they went through yeah. in the past uh, 15 to 18 years the amount of coaches that that uh, came that, that came and went yeah. uh, in uh, in Roma it's not an easy piazza it's not an easy city as they would say in uh, in Italy so let's hope it's an Italian team in Champions League but Porto is a very, uh, it's a very physical team. It's, yeah. it's, it's a team that plays together. It's like the watching Porto play. It's like watching Atalanta play. So it's it's a it's it's a unit of of eleven players that will press you, and that will make your life very difficult uh, at the at the end. But most important, uh, that they don't score. Yeah. Don't allow the other team to uh, to score because they're at home first. Correct. No, they're playing in Rome first. Yeah. Crucial, we'll we'll, we'll give crucial. a we'll give a good prediction on the game. But I think one thing it was either Peter or Antonio said last week talking about your leadership and De Rossi being back on the pitch. Um, you know they came off that really bad game with uh, Fiorentina conceding a lot of goals. And I, was it you that said they wouldn't have conceded those if De Rossi was on the pitch? Um, and I think he is one of those guys that you know we saw how he stuck up for Kolarov with all the controversy yeah. he's going through. You know, he's a guy that's not going to let coach. the team go down. Yeah, coach. I was the one that said it. And oh. I think <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And Sorry about uh, that. Excuse us. <laughs> Peter was nodding along. No, no, I was yeah. saying, was it Antonio? Uh, oh, it was Antonio. No, no, I was the good. one that said it. And <laughs> Antonio's going to come think, next week as you say it was him. I think that we, we I've said it before. With Roma, it's who's the leader of that team. If Deros is not there, there's no leader. When he's on the field... I mean that guy. Have you have you seen the way he screams sometimes yeah, yeah. when he goes in and then he gets up and he screams? He could kill you. He yeah. will kill you. He will either get the ball, get the man, or he will give you stitches. And yeah, he's, yeah. he's he's one of those guys. You know, he grew up from. Uh, he's from Roma. He's a gladiator. Yeah, yeah he's the gladiator. <laughs> he's got it inside of him. He will do anything, you know, not to uh, concede a goal and to, to have his team. So. He does a lot. To me, he does a lot on the field. Uh, even if he doesn't play the best game, just the presence, his presence in the field does a lot for Roman. This is a good thing, a good topic, because I remember even in Euro 2016, right, when, when Conte was calling up De Rossi, everyone was so mad that De Rossi was called up. And I was very on the side of bringing up De Rossi just because of the presence that he gives you on the field and in the locker room. He's a guy, he knows his place. He knows, I'm not going to be able to, to give a nice ball. I'm not really going to create these chances, but I'm going to stop the other team from doing that. And I'm going to put the guys who know how to give those passes in the right position, which was, you know, he would let Pirlo, you know, do the work on Italy. He knew and, and what to do. One thing that uh, uh, Ludovico said is one of the toughest places to, to play, Roma. Because if you saw what they did to Kolarov, the fans, they went and they wrote in his house and the words that they wrote outside his house, they were not, uh, they, 
it was not nice. But what did De Rossi do to show his leadership? De Rossi went and he defended Kolarov and he defended Florenzi. And it's not an easy place to defend with the Roman curva, with the with the fans or with the fanatics behind there. So it showed to me it showed that he's got you know guts to 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 stand up uh, to and defend his teammates. But in regards to um, you guys talk about leadership, I agree. De Rossi, a great leader. Roma had Totti for so many years. They played together, leaders on the field. But I feel even with those two guys, Roma was never able to become a, a, a powerhouse. There's always these up and downs through the years, even with these two leaders, Roma-born players, Totti and, and, and De Rossi. So I feel it has something to do with the, uh, with the club itself, that every year that club has to rebuild have to sell certain players and when you start with the foundation of something then all of a sudden that foundation crumbles and you have to start over again from from scratch and a coach basically has to improvise who to play and 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 how to play because that team has been dismantled because of of uh, of club uh, issues financial uh, issues that we don't uh, that we don't know so sometimes it's not just about showing the leadership on the field it's also having a club behind you that yeah. that protects the coach, protects the players, and the 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 uh, the entire ambiance of the uh, of the city itself. Which is why we all stuck up for Di Francesco because I felt like that's what we all thought, and you know that's why Monchi has been the one that they've said is like, no, we're not going to sack Di Francesco. Palotta said, yes, we have to, we have to, we have to. But maybe somebody who comes from a footballing world understands that. Listen, you got to give the coach some time. You, you know, sacking a coach doesn't always do the a great right. job in in turning things around when it's not exactly the coach's fault. Um, but we'll get we'll get into a preview uh, a little bit more. Let's go through the Serie A games. The next game, Fiorentina Napoli, um, zero zero draw in uh, Firenze and Florence. A uh, really great match to watch. I I felt like just because uh, the two goalkeepers on display, one twenty years old, one one twenty one years old, um, Lafont from Fiorentina and Meret from Napoli, they were spot on that night. Um, I thought they did an incredible job. Specifically, Lafont, um, you know, he's he's been on the radar of uh, of Europe and and of a lot of people where everybody's talking about him. But man, the guy had some cat-like reflexes. And to me, this would have been at least a two-two game if you had any other goalkeeper uh, for right. on both sides. They were they were great chances, but even better goalkeeping. The uh, the game plan it was a great game plan by uh, both coaches. Um, the uh, Fiorentina coach pressing Napoli very high and Purely. not allowing Napoli to pass the first defensive line of of, uh, of Fiorentina. But once Napoli did that, did pass the the uh, let's say overpass the uh, the initial pressing, and Napoli got to the other side. Then Napoli created great great chances. Ancelotti, on the other hand, you have Muriel, you have Chiesa. Two guys that can really hurt you on the speed and can really hurt you on the box. And I can say that both of them did not touch any balls. So Chiesa did a little bit. But, Muriel, yeah, no, not, both not as coaches much. did a wonderful job in, in preparing the uh, the game, but I felt Napoli with the if Napoli would have won the game, it would not have uh, been a surprise. Uh, yeah, it would not yeah. have been a surprise. I think with this, based on the chances that we created. Yeah, Napoli missed Napoli, a, a yeah, few clear cut chances. First half it should have been two, three nothing. 
and nobody could have uh, disputed that. I mean, we really, we really played, uh, we really played well. But as as a Napoli fan, because this was, you know, you're playing somebody phone. No, I thought I heard something. Um, but as a Napoli fan, you know, we heard Ancelotti even after the match. Um, you know, he said, "Oh, we're we're eight points now from Juventus, and tomorrow, whatever happens, we'll we'll see if the, if the light goes out or if the light doesn't go out." Did you feel like this was a game that was the must win for you, and it wasn't good enough? Like, where do you see that this match? Do you think that the players didn't do well enough? Do you think Ancelotti didn't do well enough, or do you just feel like it was one of those nights where the ball wouldn't go in the well, back of the it net? It was one of those uh, nights because we we executed the the game plan really really well we deserve to win it's one of those games that uh, could go either way you take six shots and the goalkeeper makes uh, six great saves then the other team gets one chance and scores but certain games it can happen to you the, the, the opposite the reverse so I, it's one of those games i mean mertens let's say he's not a is uh, not a, a a center forward he's not so sometimes he scores the, the, the most beautiful goals that you say, wow. And, uh, the and simple sometimes, ones. right, the simple ones. I mean, he did shoot on the, uh, on the goalkeeper. He did make a couple of plastic saves. And then his senior missed one from uh, a couple of meters from the, uh, from the net. So it's one of those games where it's just, you know, unlucky. That, that's basically what you, can, uh, what you can say. But yes, you, you have to put those games away. Technically speaking, you have to put those games away. Well, uh, Ancelotti said that it was a mental problem because when you are so close to the net and you cannot finish, then uh, that there's uh, something that happens mentally. Uh, you, you, I mean, you have to finish that. You are in front of the goal. You are a couple of yards away. You have four clear chances. You got to put one away. Uh, so he felt like they were not really mentally concentrated on scoring a goal. Um, because some, some other people said, oh, physically they were not there. Uh, physically, no, no, you, 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 you build up, it. you build up all the way up to the goal. You got there, you were in front of the goal. Yeah. So physically you did, you did a good job. It's just, you have to finish. Yeah. And with uh, Napoli is, uh, you know, one week is Mertens, one week is Milik. One week is Mertens, so he keeps changing. Uh, Insigne played well. I thought Insigne played well coming back, checking in at midfield, receiving the balls. And uh, Calleon played. Uh, Allen is back. Completely forgot about PSG. Uh, Koulibaly played uh, a great game. So you already have two leaders on the field that played uh, an unbelievable uh, game. Fabian Ruiz now has to get used to his new role the, that was once with uh, Amsic's role. And I see that that's, to my understanding, that's the Napoli midfielder. Ruiz next to Alan. Those are the two guys in the middle. Calleon on the right, another coach on the field. Then you have Zielinski on the left that's been playing really, really well. No, no, really, I, no, really no well. I agree with that. But I think in Ancelotti's mind is Mertens or Milik. Do I, you know, do I go yeah. with Milik one, one week and then I go with <clears> Mertens <throat> the other week? Because Mertens, uh, last year, he, he did score. Well, I think at this point, Gaetano, it's not a matter of going one week with one play, one week to another play. Remember now, from now on, you're going to play two games a week. The Scudetto to my understanding, is gone. So basically, Ancelotti now, he has to find a balance between the Thursday games, Europa League, and the Sunday games in, uh, Serie. in the Serie A. You have Inter, I believe, is 11 points behind or 9 points behind? 9 points. 9 points now. behind. Right. So basically, second yeah, place points. is locked. So now you have to find that balance. Okay, who am I playing on Sunday in Serie A? 
Who am I playing against on Thursday in Europa League? Now, how can I mix and match to find a balance and make sure that I have a team that's well-rested on Sunday and that's well-rested on Thursday and not make the same mistake that Sarri made last year playing the same 11 players twice a week? You can do that this time of the year in this part of the season if you want to try to win the Europa League. You have to be able to play your 11 best on Thursday and try to find the balance on Sunday and try to maintain right, seven, but this, eight, nine points difference. This between game Napoli that and they Inter. played on Sunday, the, the, you you need to win this game I because agree. you're nine points away. Nine points away, you're still in the, in the scudetto with nine points because you have to still play Juventus. You win your six points, so anything can happen. Uh, with eleven points, is a little bit too far, but you know you never know. But nine points, so it was important to me that Napoli win this game oh, and stay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, and they I did agree play with to you. win. They did yeah, no, no, they did. They did 100 percent, 100 percent. It's not like no, I did put his no. 11. Oh, we, for sure. we, we did agree. They played great. Yeah. He did put just, his 11 best yeah. on yeah. the field. 100. I did extra. not agree with Ancelotti the first game against Milan, the 0-0 tie in Serie A. I felt that was not the right formation to win. To win. The Milan game in Serie A, the 0-0 tie two weeks ago. And then we went to Coppa Italia and played with a couple of different players. I felt that he should have put his 11 best on Saturday against, the, uh, against Milan in Serie A, and he didn't. You cannot have a Calleon on the bench. I'm sorry, Calleon is the type of player that he, he, he brings balance. He's a coach on the field. He understands the games. The, 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 the guy is outstanding on the, uh, on the field. You need to have those players on the field and you need to also have Alan on the field so again you're right I agree you, you have to win those games you, you have to you have to put those games away the way you the, the way Napoli played but P what'd you think no I just looking at the you know the player ratings right for Gazzetta Lafon got an 8 it's very hard for a player to get an That's eight. Very hard, yeah. you know. And he made watching the highlights and stuff. He made incredible saves. Napoli were right there, and I think maybe it's a mentality thing or whatnot. But you have to have the killer instinct in front of goal. Agree. And put in the place, and, and that's it. Uh, looking, I just see like the the subs that he made. Why not try putting a, another striker in? You know, with Insigne and Mertens. Why make direct substitutions? Because you have Milik and Verde. Maybe add another striker in the last 15 minutes to play with three strikers or something. He did put Verde. He did put Verde, but he took out Insigne and Mertens. No, Insigne, Insigne, they both came out? Yeah. yeah. They both, yeah. So that's why I was just a question. Yeah, yeah. No, why no, not, I was thinking the same thing. Why not thing. put another striker? He wanted, basically, he wanted basically the fresh man, the, again, the uh, Verde, with the 1v1 to try to take a man mm -hmm. on. And try to get into the box with the 1v1 because Fiorentina could not withhold that pressure that they had at the beginning, the first 50, 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. Then the last 20, 30 minutes, players were falling all over the place. They got tired, cramps. Fiorentina yeah. got really tired because they were pressuring Napoli really, really high. So he did put Verdi to try to finish the game on the, uh, you know, try to a fresh player that could take on. A one v one player. I wanna I wanna give some credit to Fiorentina also because I thought that they played a great match. I thought they came came out with a great strategy to play against one of the best teams in Italy. Um, you know, he started with Muriel and Chiesa. I was a little bit disappointed in Muriel. I didn't think that he played uh, too well. I thought Chiesa did had a great match, uh, a very good match. Um, but also. 
just the unity of the team of Fiorentina was incredible to me. I mean, they used, I know uh, Napoli, they had right in the beginning, right? Mario Rui went out full with Gulam. Uh, but also Fiorentina at the end, 80th minute, they already used all three subs. Their captain, Petzeya, he was, uh, he got injured. And uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't step off the pitch. He was he was um, limping. He was holding his knee. His knee was really hurt. He wouldn't go off the pitch. The guy for 15 minutes stayed on. Didn't let his team go down to 10 men. And now it came out that he's going to be out for like a month because he tore a ligament. But the guy is a captain, and he wouldn't let his team go down to 10 men. Um, and I think that that was the uh, symbolism of all of Fiorentina was working as a unit to try to grab a point against one of the the best coach teams and one of the best technical teams in Italy. So I thought that from Fiorentina's perspective, I thought that they played a great match. I thought they played a smart match. Um, and individually, I thought that they played well. Very well. A great match prepared by both coaches. Yeah, I agree. The game plan was great. Let's move on. Um, Peter, your Spalletti is saved for another week. If uh, we believe the Italian newspapers, they said that if he didn't get this win over Parma, that uh, Cambiasso was uh, on the other line waiting for the call. Um, you guys won 1-0, Lautaro Martinez. Icardi is uh, struggling a little bit to score. Mm-hmm. Is it just me who's thinking that? or No, no I think it also. Icardi started struggling once the renewal numbers <laughs> came out when once money million, right? once the the million started ding 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 in his ears that's it he, he, i think he, he stopped uh yeah look but he nine, stopped, uh, he's not even in double digits yet he's still nine goals yeah, everybody else is moving up and he's at nine it's goals his worst record and his and contract expires in 2021 yeah mm-hmm. and so that's I, when he stopped. Uh, I have a feeling that Marotta, every day, he's trying to call Vanda. He's like, oh, we got to talk today. And then Vanda closes the phone because Icardi <laughs> didn't score. We know when he scores, then she's going to raise the price. But anyway, um, his longest goal-scoring drought, um, a lot of plays that, you know, I see Icardi, 90% of the time he finishes that. What do you think as an Inter fan? Yeah. What do you, no, it's, it's troublesome because we had this struggle. Even now, we scored in the 82nd minute. And, uh, you know... If we we know this already, when he, when Icardi doesn't score or Pace doesn't score, Inter has maybe a, a, a you know I don't know what the percentage is, but a hard time scoring. So Icardi is really the person that we need that stays hot all the time. And you know you have a lot of criticism about Icardi. You know he doesn't join in on the play, he doesn't come back, he doesn't help out. He, you know, but when he's in the area, he's probably one of the the best strikers there. And, you know, Kellini said it himself, who is arguably the best uh, defender right now, not just in Serie A, but in the world. He said Icardi is one of the, the hardest guys he, he has to mark. After Ronaldo. After you Ronaldo. Can, number two, so, that's crazy. I personally think you cannot expect a great team, a great club, to try to, to, um, to purchase this player when you know that this player has his ups and downs. In order to be a great player, a unique player, you must show continuous day after day after game. And Icardi doesn't, doesn't show that, doesn't well, have that. No, no, for this, and for this year. to get a certain amount of money now every year. Are you saying you that want... for this season? Because the previous seasons, he always uh, uh, scored. He's been pretty good. I, I feel like he was, he, he was always a good player. Even Ronaldo, uh, you know, everybody has a game or two that's not good. This one is lasting a little bit longer, longer. I think. Well, it's seven games right? that, that he doesn't score. And it's I think uh, what Ludovico was saying is that once they started talking about this uh, contract yeah. deal, I think that's uh, it's uh, everybody's different, mm-hmm. but 
it, that causes a disruption in the club, in the management, in mm-hmm. the locker room, in the player, in his uh, ma- uh, manager. And you don't need that. You know, there's a time to discuss uh, uh, contract. And I think that the, the teams that are very serious. Hey, this is the time when we talk contract. Not every week for seven weeks in a no. row and for a month you every day you talk about the contract. No, this is not the time. This is the time when we're going to talk about contract. Mm-hmm. Is it at the end of the season? Okay, you wait yeah. until the end of the season and then you talk about it. There's too much disruption yeah. in this. Now, Spalletti, yesterday after the game, he said, well, come on, sign this contract. I think that's a criticism to the management yeah. of, well, the, that's what the, of the team. So mm-hmm. now the, the it's even, not the first even, time either. Right. Now even the coach is talking about the manager. Can no. you believe in another, if you would do that for Juventus, that yeah. they will, uh, the, the, no. yeah. you cannot do that. You know, you have to be together. Well, I think that's... You'll be together. When it's time to play, you play. When it's time to talk about country, you talk about country. Because it was also when, when things are bad, that's when everything comes out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That because there's... The you, now you don't, you're not scoring. Oh, the reason why he's not scoring is because he has this thing in his mind. And then that looms and that creates exactly. controversy. And then all the players think this. It. So it becomes like a, a rolling ball that just gets bigger and bigger exactly. as what, it goes that, down. That's what I was trying to say before. So now... Uh, Marco mentioned Cambiasso before. Mm-hmm. I want to mention another player, Javier Zanetti. Now, those two players, if you have contract discussions, what do you think those players would have gone on the field? Do you think those players would have stopped playing or they would have continued giving mm-hmm. 150%? I think they would have continued giving 150% mm-hmm. because of their mental approach to the sure. game. Their strong mentally, character, mm-hmm. personality comes into play. And I don't feel Icardi has that personality, has that character of a Cambiasso, of a Zanetti. I'm sorry, I do not see that fire in, that, in, in, in the eyes. I, I always see a player, even on the field, it's like a face full of makeup that is ready for a show on TV. That well, is you, ready. I don't see that. I get what you're saying, but what do you... Um... Would you have to say something with that is uh, times have changed? Would that be part of it? I don't think or times have changed. it's I, just I not think, a time thing? I don't think times have changed. I think it has to do with personality, with the character, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and the way the, the, the player is. Look at, for example, uh, Tavez. Uh, look at Cavani. I mean, you look at Cavani when he plays, regardless, he could be playing against the Serie C team or he could be playing in Champions League. He always has fire coming out of his eyes. He won't even recognize his own mom if she walked on the field. No, I, I, I completely get your... And I don't see I, that. I get I don't that. See that. 100%. I don't see that in Icardi's eyes. I see a very comfortable. He's comfortable at Inter. He's comfortable in making that appearance. It happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it's okay. But if it's not happening, what am I doing in order to make it happen? No, I, I completely see how you're balancing the two. And I think that you're right in saying, you know, I remember Cavani. I mean, that guy will rip off his shirt and it's like he's possessed I mean, you, by you, the you, devil. You, no, I get captain. that. But, but at, the end, at the end of the day, if we look at the stats and if we look at how many goals Icardi has consistently put in at the back of the net, everybody has their different style. So if his style is not to be like that, I'm okay with it as long as he's scoring goals. And I think, what is he, 25 years, 26 years old now? Right? Yeah. Something like that. But if his character and personality so. would have been a little bit different, you think those goals could have been more? 
Oh, he's I don't know. Couple, it was what worked for him works. Yeah, yeah. Would have had it's a better impact of, on the Argentinian uh, national team. How many goals has he scored in the last right. couple of seasons? I'll, I'll get all of his stats. Yeah. Keep talking. Okay. But, I'll get it all. all right. No, no. So let's... I think in the recent history, recent he's times, been he's been a top, top one of the top scorers, and he's been Inter's best scorer. At times, yes, he makes mistakes and stuff like that. Is he the type of player, like you say, like uh, Cavani, where he has the passion? I think every player is different in a way, you know? Not every player plays with the same intensity, but doesn't mean that he's not uh, as into the game or as passionate. You know, everyone shows a certain thing I have the uh, numbers, differently. The okay. Let's okay, see. so 2014, since 2014-2015, he scored... More than 16 goals every year. So 2014, 2015, 22 goals. 2015, 16, 2016, uh, 2016, 2017, 24. Um, 20, last year, 29 goals. Yeah. And this is only in the league. Yeah, this is the yeah. only league. So yeah, I, mean, I think 29. Is, yeah. 29. That was when he was tied with Immobile. Yeah. This year, he's at nine. Yeah. With with just the league, with just Serie A. Yeah. Yeah, I see your perspective. I feel like it's a little bit of like a mountain all rolling mm-hmm. down at the at a bad time, even for the goal. But even for you know, it's, it's prob- this is his first real contract. To, oh. No, but I'm saying like the first real contract where he's expected to make yeah. a lot of money. You know, so I think maybe he's just like I agree with that. Maybe he doesn't know how to handle this pressure right now and all this stuff that's going around him. It's just been I just really feel he's isolating too comfortable. him. I just feel that he is too comfortable at uh, at Inter, mm. and the the big clubs around Europe they see that because the clause of a hundred million it's not a huge for certain clubs oh, in yeah. Europe a hundred million is is nothing. nothing. If they would have seen something, I think they would have made the Inter. I want Icardi because I need Icardi on my team. And that's not happening. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And that's not happening. As far as Inter as a whole, because we got off and we were just talking about Icardi, as far as Inter as a whole, um, what did you what did you think about I know I thought Dying Olan had a had a very good match coming back in. Yeah, yeah, that's um he was one of for me, one of the best, better performers. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? Because Parma is a team that uh, last week against Juventus, 3-3, you're playing at their home. This could have been a complicated one. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, especially the way that Inter's been playing. So this is a game that they needed and Spalletti needed. And so it's good to see that the players responded a bit. Maybe they could have played better. But, you know, Perisic also played and he, he you know, helped out on the in the game and created some chances. And, you know, these are players that... They are of a certain caliber. They have to show up every week. You can't yeah. take time off. You have to show up every week. You're getting paid the money. You're right. on Inter. You have to understand the history of the team. I mean, defensively, we know what we have. We're Your probably one of the so better defen- defensive teams. Really? And uh, even the recent losses is, is more because we lack uh, field, yeah, scoring and yeah. the ability to, to open up play and, and have that free-flowing game, which is to a criticism of Spalletti, where he's been here for over year this is a second season and there's still a lack of uh, identity of this team and just too much controversy around the team and i really thought that marotta coming in was going to be able to to eliminate this or maybe at least push it down and i feel like we still haven't been able to to really get that face of the franchise said listen nothing is going on and no leaks coming out and no this player is unhappy and that player is unhappy and i don't know i don't know because every time Something happens transfer market wise, yeah. inter collapse. Yeah, it's true. Correct. There might be there might be something usually when things like that happen, it happened also in Roma in the previous years. There's usually somebody in the locker rooms that leaks the information no. to the that that's basically goes against the the the, the concept and they leak information. 
uh, Marotta came in the middle of the, uh, the mm-hmm. season. Yeah. That's not his market. He didn't buy those. Uh, he didn't buy nice. those players. He didn't choose the. Uh, he didn't choose the coach. Mm-hmm. So now basically has to analyze what's happening on and off the pitch, and then basically now we see who's going to go and stay at the uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the uh, of the season. But you can see that the locker room there is not uh, yeah. is not yeah. united. It's not a united locker room. Even Nangolan. Okay, you got a good Nangolan on Saturday. And God, he played well. But now, which Nangolan is going to show up yeah. next Saturday? How many times is he going to go to the discotheque this week? Mm-hmm. How many times is he going to, how many packs of cigarettes is he going to smoke? I mean, there's two, three things that Nangolan puts before soccer. Mm-hmm. At least two or three. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting home at, you know, late at night and smoking and, and not taking it. Not taking it at seriously. least I think no, I think that I, I mean, think that a lot of those things yeah, will, will get pushed over to the side if he was performing though too. That's like true. at Roma, yeah. you know, Roma, his performances, especially in the Champions League, you know, who cares if he has a cigarette when look what he's you know able to do. So I think that yeah, but I, when you show up late, yeah, I know, no, I hundred percent, I agree with you. Right. I agree with I mean, you. He's but not yeah, even he's not even taking into consideration for the national team. Yeah, yeah. There's something. It's all about winning. If you win, you know those. Things that uh, you're swept uh, under the rug. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah, but uh, Gaetano, Vidal was doing the same thing at Juventus, but yeah, nothing no, was leaking no, out. Juventus is a different. Uh, I, I agree. And I spoke problem. about this a couple of weeks ago. I, Vidal I, is another. Uh, was another Nangola. Ludo. He was sold. He left. He went to <laughs> I was with Juventus, okay? And one player showed up. We're talking about uh, years ago. Years ago, many it's many years ago. Stuff, guys. <laughs> when uh, don't say any names. Okay, I don't say any names. <laughs> don't say any names. This player, I I, I mean, I was staying there with everybody's going to be with the hotel. <laughs> I was staying in the hotel. It was with this player showed up after like two o'clock in the morning, and the curfew was midnight. The next day there was a big game, a giant stadium. Well, he didn't play. <laughs> The following game, he was on the bench. He never played one more game with Juventus. Okay, and an important player. Guess Nothing who? leaked out. <laughs> Nobody knew anything. I knew because I. That's it. Until I, today. <laughs> that's it. He was. Uh, that's it. It's over. I remember once I was reading it. I forgot the name of the player. That when Betega was uh, part of the staff of Juventus. I believe this guy was, uh, this player texted, or I mean, sent a couple of uh, uh, messages to uh, to Betega's girlfriend. He never played on Juventus. He was sold at the end of the season. Hmm. You read that, you're saying? I forgot the name of the player, though. The last thing I wanted to say was about Lautaro Martinez, who was struggling a little bit. Um, you know, he missed some sitters um, over the past, but he was able to step up at least to the plate when called upon. And scored a very important goal for for Inter. I know. I know we got a lot. Of, we have a question. We have questions about it. But anyway, just wanted to bring that up. Uh, let's move on a little bit. Uh, finish it off with some of the big teams. Juventus uh, beat Sassuolo 3-0, um, a match which I was expecting to be a little bit more complicated um, than it was. Uh, you know, there was there was a lot of controversy before we talk about the DiBala because that's that's one important part. Um, you know, Ronaldo score, top goal scorer in Italy, 18 goals. Uh, the Juventus defense looked a lot better with uh, Casares and Rugani. I think that Casares uh, grew in his own uh, a lot more than he did or ha- a lot better than he looked against Parma. 
Um, some important additions. Kedira actually had a, a very good match. Pjanic, always important. And then that Mandzukic, Ronaldo, very good. Those those guys together, um, they really know how to build off each other. They know, they just know which where who is where at the perfect time. Um, and they've got a great uh, synergy, is the, is the word to say. Um, so as far, there's not too much to really talk about about the game. Sassuolo because wasn't pressure as much. Sassuolo, I mean, they had in the beginning of the match was their, their best opportunity where Chesney, you know, the, the penalty, penalty that they shot. wanted. And then there was the chance where Chesney came out blunder complete blunder and even then berardi was not able to, you know he missed by a few inches but he still wasn't able to put the ball in the back of the net and to me that kind of summed up sassuolo's night yeah. with all with all very respect. little very very little to discuss here exactly. Juventus played against juventus it wasn't no i think sassuolo didn't didn't play um a good match they <laughs> they, they, they screwed up they, it's they screwed juventus up. say against juventus <laughs> <laughs> they take a lot of their players <laughs> if Boateng was there maybe we so, well, yeah I, I, i'm not sure about the defense though that uh, i mean it goes rugani screwed up and gave well, the rugani, ball yeah and uh, uh, uh that probably was a penalty there and then Chesney, no, it wasn't a penalty. Chesney screwed up too, and yeah, that could did. have been, it could have been two nothing. Uh, you know, from Chesney, with uh, yeah. uh, so I don't know why he came out so. Yeah, yeah. there's so no strange. need to go so to midfield to to take that ball. So I think with that defense, they're not going, they're not, they're not going too far uh, against Atletico, which is what everybody's waiting for. That's the game. To prove with that defense, they're not going anywhere. But Bonucci so and we, we are hopefully be back. that Chiellini and Bonucci comes back. Like no, they would be. be. But both um, of them? Yeah, yeah, both of them. Bonucci is like 99, 98%, and Chiellini's 100. He's like, don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we don't know. We <laughs> no, still don't know. know. I didn't know about Bonucci. I know oh, that Chiellini yeah. is Yeah, but even if, they come, even if they come back, yeah, you don't know how. They're not match fit. Fitness they have. No, no, they're fit. Once you. No, no, no. Once you go on the field, you're fit. If well, you're not, but I'm still experienced. Yeah. Experience, yeah. You don't go. I get what field. you mean, Peter. I yeah, get what you I mean. Think we're saying the same. Once, <laughs> a coach, once a coach puts you on the field, you're a hundred percent. A coach will never put you on the field if you're seventy-five percent, eighty percent. Absolutely not with, at that level. Not if you're playing in Champions. Um, well, I personally think that Juventus in uh, in certain games, the most important games, Juventus needs to have the best Mandzukic. I always admire that guy. As a Napoli fan, I always admire him. I, if that guy would have been in Naples, we would have had at least two Scudettos. Hmm. I think he's the... He, he's a player that makes the difference and he always comes through in the toughest games. You could always count on him. Quietly, no interviews before the match, no proclamations, nothing. Boom, he gets on the field. Well said. He'll score your goal. That's it. You win the game. He goes back in the locker room. He goes home. That's it. I, I always admire that guy. He puts 150%. He's probably he, he's the... He's a silent... Uh, yeah. Leader. 40 class yeah. Leader class. of that, uh, of that uh, team. You could probably say that he's uh, close to be the MVP for Juventus. This, uh, yeah. You know, this guy, you put him at the left wing, he'll play left fullback for you. If you yeah, want him to play left fullback, he'll play left fullback. He doesn't say no. Yeah. Yeah. He'll play center forward. He plays everywhere. He's just a winner. He's a winner. He's what, a winner. He's got the winner mentality. I remember when uh, when Higuain went to Juventus, before Higuain got to Juventus, he was playing center forward. forward. Now, here's a player that maybe he was running two kilometers a game. 
Now Higuain comes in and he accepts to go to the left. Now he goes from two kilometers in a game to 11 kilometers a game, going up and down the left wing. If he would have been a different player, would have said, wait a minute. Exactly. What's going on here? Exactly. This guy comes and I, no, sell me. Exactly. You know, send me to another team. I want to be sold. I want to leave the club. No, he accepted his role. He was running up and down. He had a great season. But he's a player that you can count on. When other players in difficult games, they tend to hide, he comes through at the appropriate oh, time. Because of his character. You can oh, tell when great, he plays, he's, he's a hard-nosed player. Oh. If he's got it going, he goes in 100%. Yeah. If he's going to get there, he's going to go there. So he's like a blue-collar worker, and he's he shows Correct. up on time, and, he, right and he's always... At the right time, yeah. one opportunity... And that's During the needs. 90 minutes, it's a goal. No, he's yeah. a beast. It and it's it's funny to see like what, what kind of players you, uh, play, uh, fans appreciate. Because a few years ago, it was like, two years ago, let's sell Manzukic. Yeah, because, because he's, he's not a big name and doesn't have the flair. Right. But, but he's, he's like you said, he's one of the most yeah, but, important. But look where he's played. Yeah. Bayern Munich, Atletico Madrid. These are all teams that go far in the Champions League. He, had, he understands what it is to win. And that's what I keep on saying about Inter, how we don't have the players that know how to win. But this can be said also for Napoli. It can be said for a lot of different teams where Juventus, all these players that they get, have won elsewhere. It also shows a relationship with Allegri, too, with the players. I mean, if he's willing to switch Sometimes. for a, a, a straight a center forward to a left wing. Some and players, great though. Some, some players buy That's into true. it and some players and, not. It goes down to the and character. We were talking the about leadership before. Look at this team. How many leaders oh, are in <laughs> Juventus? They have a leader for each and, spot. And the great thing about Allegri... And that's, I think, where he's masterful is he knows how to put them, all of them together to keep them, all of them happy and to get the best out of each one, uh, each one except one, yep. which probably we'll talk about. This is but this it's what I was going to bring it's also, <laughs> in the, uh, it's also in the Juventus. Yes. It's in the club DNA. Once you once you arrive in Torino, once you arrive in that in that club, you're already okay. It, it, it's it's yeah, it, but it's an organization. I it's understand an organization that, but the coach view. is very important, and Allegri is he handles is, situations. He's well. very good because we there has been coaches in, and I mentioned just one, Del Neri. I was I mean, the guy, he, he was a Juventus, but I mean, come on. So the coach is very important, so and I think, that, I think that I think that Allegri. Out of the coach is very, very good at keeping everybody together and is very smart. Everything that he says in the interview before and after, everything is calculated and everything is uh, very smart what he says. Mm-hmm. Now, to coach a great club in, uh, in Europe uh, as a whole, today's coaches, you have to be first a great communicator mm-hmm. because you're, it's not like the old days where you had 11 players, 11 starters, and then you had five, six on the bench that maybe would play one, two games a year. Now you have to manage 26, 27 players, and more or less, they're all at the same, uh, uh, at the same level. So you need to be a great communicator. And make them all happy at the same time. Make them all happy. You have to be straight, straightforward with them. You cannot say A today and then uh, go to somebody else and say B or hide behind the microphone like Spalletti does. Antonio's here. (laughs) (laughs) We're not liking Antonio. (laughs) Spalletti is one of those coaches that blames everything, you know, that blames everything around except... Himself? Right. I mean, I've coached youth soccer for many years and uh, I had to deal with parents where 
they would, uh, <laughs> let's say, they, I would coach their sons, and they would say, oh, my son today did not play well because the shoes were tight, <laughs> because the sun was out. It was too hot. It was too cold. It was too humid. And what the you turf was parents? not good enough. The uniform was too tight. I mean, every little excuse they would find in order to... What do you say to these parents, Ludovic? I'm curious. There's nothing you can say. Uh -huh. you can what do you say in your mind? Better <laughs> <laughs> anyway. left on set. Somebody's going to get taken down if we, if we say his thoughts. Um, the, the exception, right? We saw Ronaldo after he scored. He yeah. did the, the Bala, Bala mask. mask he, yeah. um, you know, we saw the week prior... Allegri did not sub in Dybala after all three substitutions were used and Dybala walked himself inside the locker room. Um, I think that when you see a Juventus, it's hit straight on. Um, they said that Dybala apologized to the entire team, that he was upset, blah, 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 blah. Um, Dybala did not start. He said that one of Dybala or Bernadeschi was going to start. Um, and one, number one, the symbolism, I think, from Ronaldo, who were talking about leadership and the leadership of the entire team, to when he celebrates, incorporate Dybala, who we know is going through a tough time, I think says a lot about Ronaldo, it says a lot about Dybala, and it says a lot about the organization as a whole. Um, and I thought it was a very unique moment that could go missed if you really didn't know what was happening. You know, a lot of people see this, they say, oh, he was doing Dybala for something, you know? But I think it has a lot to say about what really happened and where Dybala's place is. And to show Dybala... Listen, you might not be on the... You're on the bench right now. The, right. the papers are talking about you. The papers say you can't work with me. The papers say we don't play well together. But listen, I'm still with you, right? Um, so I thought it was a great moment. I think that the entire team also went over. They pointed to Dybala, who was on the bench. Um, and as far as Dybala's position, position, when he came in, he did his job. They played... The, the third goal from Juventus was set up by Dybala and set up by Ronaldo, um, where I think it was Emerchan who finished it off. Uh, so... Yes, we talk about this, you know, where does he fit? And I think that that's one one very important question that we've talked about for a long time. Um, but I just what do you guys think? Well, I feel Mandzukic brings the best out of Ronaldo. And it's very Mandzukic is very important in the overall balance of the of the uh, of the, the team, squad, yeah. Of the squad. I personally think if Juventus will get a decent offer for Dybala, I think Juventus will sell him in What's the summer. What's a decent offer for you? What Dybala might uh, be oh, worth no, now? No. Maybe around 50, 60? No. no, 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 no. Low. That's low. You can get the shield. Maybe, maybe 130, 140 yeah, million at least. Too. But anyway, talking about, <laughs> talking, talking about Dybala itself. What do you guys, what do you think? Well, I mean, Mandzukic works well with everybody. Uh, it's not only uh, he, Ronaldo. He worked well with uh, Higuain. I mean, the guy is good with everybody. But... Uh, one of the players that has not connected with Ronaldo uh, is Dybala. I mean, the guy, that without a doubt, is, is talented. I mean, he has a lot of talent. But uh, I don't think that with Allegri they speak the same language. So Allegri would like him to be at a certain position, uh, but Dybala is one of those players. Is not a center forward. Is not a midfielder. Is somewhere in between. He plays between the lines. Between the lines there. He, he, he likes that freedom, you know, that he can go uh, anywhere he wants. Uh, he's got the talent. But uh, when you play at that level and you play in Champions League, uh, you need everybody to attack and you need everybody to defend. When you lose the ball, you, you have to defend with 11 players. And when you attack, so... 
the bala is in between that uh, and um, i'm hoping i'm hoping that at the end of the summer that there is a way that they can work out him and allegri can work out uh, but uh uh after it already happened twice in front of everybody one time he didn't shake his hand yeah. allegri now he did this he walked out he apologized both times i don't know if he apologized but they said that he apologized so unless they can work together then you never know what happens by the end of the season because uh, juventus has got a lot of pressure they have to go to the final again in the champions league otherwise it's a failure minimum right yeah, yeah. Uh, so something could happen by the end of the season but the kid has got talent and also depends who the coach would be at the end of the season which is to be determined but as far as as far as just to take a little bit of a deeper approach as far as ronaldo going and doing his celebration and pointing to him do you think no ronaldo has anything to do with that yes of course ronaldo is a team player is there to win he doesn't care about anything else other than win he has he will do everything to do to win whether you're his friend or you're his enemy it doesn't matter on the field you're a team and that's he, the guy works on his days off he work, he goes and he goes to the gym and he works out he didn't play for the national team to get ready for Serie A and when the player said oh he's not going to score any goals in Serie A the guy's got already scored 20 goals 18 in Serie A, one in, in Champions League, and one in Coppa, Super Cup. So th- the guy wants to win. When he goes on the field, that's all he thinks about. So I I, uh, I think there was support for Dybala to try to get him out and try to get him as a starter. He, he probably, I'm not sure about this Champions League. Maybe he's going to start because in Champions League, I think he scored five goals. Yeah, Dybala, he, right? he scored three against the young boys. Right? He scored three against, I think he's got five goals in Champions League. Who knows? He does have five in Champions yeah, League. Yeah, maybe, maybe Allegri is no. going to throw him in there if he doesn't. Uh, uh, he scored against young boys. Okay, three but, goals. But he's <laughs> but, but he's played <laughs> but, but he's played okay without taking anything away from Frosinone and from <laughs> uh, and from the other teams, you know, because uh, Frosinone, Kievo, even if you cannot score, you cannot score. Yeah, you no matter who you played against, you know, if you got yeah. a mental block. That's how the center forwards and the forwards are. Sometimes you have a mental block and you could be, uh, who was in front of the net? I mean, with the open net and he, he kicked the ball out um, well, uh, Sunday. I, I don't remember. I mean, Milik? It was the whole, wasn't down. the whole goal was open. He, he tapped it and the ball went out. So sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes that happens. I personally feel that Okay, we're talking about Dybala. You guys discussed 130, 140 million uh, at least, dollars. At least. At least. Okay. At least. Now, here's a player that is what, 24 years old? Yeah, 24, okay, 25. 25. So now you're 24, 25. If you are a great player, not an average player, you are above everybody else, you have to make a statement on the field. And if a player at this, at this age worth this kind of money cannot find a starting spot on, on on the team then you're not the great player that everybody thinks you are ludo i don't want to understand what i'm trying to say you're 24 years old if you're the outstanding talent that everybody talks about i know right like yeah. that you cannot i understand what you're saying one second, one second. but you you have to be able to be 
a starter. Uh, Marco has something the, the thing is, over here. I, I agree with you, but I think you're seeing it in a different world than the reality of today. Because today, the transfer fee is not made up. I know we like to argue this all the time, but the transfer fee is not made up of just what you do on the field. I'm, I was trying to look up quickly who the defender was that Barcelona signed for $80 million, A defender that we never heard of from Ajax. Right, so I agree. The, the financially, there's things I mean, going on. Lucas Turaro sold to Genoa 80 million. Uh, no, no, euros. but no, no that, that's different. For one minute, Preziosi would have never paid 18 million for a player that hasn't stepped on the field for one minute. We see Coutinho, we see so many players who go for over 100 million that are not worth that on the field. But what they bring off the field, and Dybala brings a lot off the field. He's one of the most marketable players right now. If you look at the top, he's one of the top. He's Adidas' golden boy. Everything they do is with Dybala because he's got a lot of show to him. Kids love him. They have boots of him. They have all this stuff. Oh, so that, that has to be accounted for in the transfer price. I because, agree. Because of 2019's football. Not, not the football that I like. But if I we, agree. But now, if you're, okay, but now you also have to show something on the, uh, you have to show something also on the field. Come so on, if he you're showed a great something. player, if you're an exceptional player, then you 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 would start but on, a, what, on a team. Do you know, do you know Dembele? Right do you know Dembele from Barcelona? Yes, of course. What do you think he's worth? Well, he was sold for 110 oh, million. Yep. How much do you think he's worth, though? Compared to I think for, he's worth not what? even a quarter of that. But again, now we're talking the financial side. We're talking about teams that now that have to uh, somehow a uh, a uh, a budget that have to balance a budget. Yeah, also but also in today's markets, the way they do it now. Okay, I'm buying a player today, just like Milan. Milan could not have purchased uh, uh, the, the player from Genoa and the player from uh, okay, Paqueta. Okay. But now that money is not going to the 2018-19 budget. It's going to go to next year. It's going to be yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the no, no, I get that. Years. But but still, from what Dembele proved at Borussia Dortmund, compared to what Dybala's proved at Juventus, if Dembele in this market because we the market is the market. No. We could argue our price, but the market is the market. If Dembele goes for 110 million, at least Dybala has to go for 140, 150 million. Not based off just what he's done because he has performed. You know, maybe not worth that. But you know, if we take a big perspective, Ronaldo was the biggest transfer when he was 94 million. But today, 94 million doesn't even get you a I Barcelona defender Real from Madrid, Ajax. Bayern Munich, these teams will pay 130, 140 with uh, for someone like uh, for okay. Dybala. I just don't think they we'll will. Yeah. They will invest that kind. I understand of, what that, you mean. That kind of money for a uh, for this type Pul of player. Pulisic just went for what? Almost 70 million, right? Something that we yeah. talked about. Yeah, well, that I I did not agree See, at all. Is, we read we read on the papers or we read okay, that player was sold for 70 million, but we don't know the technicalities underneath the contract, the 568 page contract of signing a player and how that money is split, divided, the uh, one money goes where? Yeah, one money fair. goes to this holding, one money goes to this Yeah. And it, it's spreading to different that it has to show uh, certain things at the at the uh, at end the of the fiscal year, year. Or, yeah. or, or the next five years. Yeah. So we don't know what really is happening underneath. No, I, I don't think it's worth 150 million. But uh, you could probably sell it for 100 million. I think yeah. you could sell it. I could see him if he goes to a team like Real Madrid and he has a coach that believes in in, in you and he say. Hey, you my you my man you my player you build a team right a project you know you and play there and, and, yes. and you give him chidai fiducia you know you tr yes. a trust and you say hey this is your area this is where you're going to play i mean i'm going to build yeah 
I mean, the guy, the guy knows how to score. He, he, he knows how to score. I mean, last year, the first uh, 10 games, uh, he had, uh, yeah. you know, he scored a lot of goals. And now all of a sudden, he, you know, he can't score a goal anymore. We'll so, see, this season is so long. That, yeah, the, I, so there's something. Know, I think what you, we were saying about his whole, uh, you know, relationship with Allegri. Allegri has these fixed roles. Yeah. Maybe he needs a coach where it gives freedom. him the freedom, and then that's where you're really going to see him. But even in Argentina, explode. I think we've seen a little bit. But Argentina had different problems, yeah, yeah. I think. Sao Paulo was just the, well, the crazy. Argentina, and Messi is the uh, god. The coach said uh, you can't play with Messi. So, yeah. yeah, that was <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Issue. Anyway, speaking about teams that have spent a lot of money, AC Milan, the January market, they spent more than anyone, $70 million, more than any other European team. But it seems like it's proved worth it, Pay right? Off, right? We speak a lot about transfer fees, but at the end of the day, if the player performs, the player scores you goals, the player performs. Right. You can't say anything. It's worth it. It's better than it's better spending seventy million on guys that give you something in return than spend thirty on some guy that does nothing for you. Hey, but we just talked about how the market prices now are inflated. You just bought Piontek for yeah, but Piontek it was a steal. Yeah. A 35 plus bonus was a steal. It yeah, looks like play. A few games in, it looks like it. If you've seen him play with Genoa this year, I mean, if it's if it's a one hit wonder, I would be very surprised <laughs> because that guy reason, is yeah. amazing for his body type, yeah. his speed, his is, hungry, no, the hungriness in, in front of goal. Yep. This whole right. season has proved I, I would something. Wait of course. Yeah. Right. No, I understand that, but just the matter of how he's been scoring is not like it's. It doesn't no, look. No, too, it doesn't look like a fluke. Yeah, it doesn't look like a fluke. It's just didn't either though. It's it's just the uh, it's just the beginning. Uh, look at that player from uh, from Roma under. Yeah. Under. Under. Yeah. yeah. The first yeah. seven eight games. Oh my God! Look at this player. He's great so play. young though. Even Cliver. Oh, here we go. He's young again. But again, <laughs> you, have, you have to show that consistently. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 The way I agree we say with Italy, Gaetano, if a, if a good horse has good legs, <laughs> you see him going up the hill. That's when you see. So basically, <laughs> the when, when the in Sicily, they got the donkey. When things going to get tough, that's when the, the player should come out. And that's when, when we're going to see in the long run. One, I 100%. We're see if that, if, you know, if this money, this it's uh, 70 million spent for these two players it's, it's, it's too uh, it's too early right 100 percent. i agree with you i'm just saying at the base yeah. of it where the conversation is right now today like. they won 3-0 against Cagliari. a very important match again keeping that distance with after an inter win keeping that distance for the champions league spot securing that fourth spot um where gattuso things are finally going so well and again he's another one gattuso is another one that i always laugh at because there's a lot of people in the comments that say, you know, at the beginning of the season, Ludo, we all sat here with Antonio here. And um, I think one of the criticisms we have, we said that Milan should have gone a better coach, right? We didn't really believe in Gattuso, all of us here. And Antonio was the one who said, this Gattuso knows what to do. He knows how to get the best out of this he team. He's going to be able to do. Yeah. And again, we're talking early because... Right. Then Higuain came. <laughs> then Higuain <laughs> came. <laughs> And uh, things didn't go so well, but anyway, anyway, there's a lot of no, ifs and buts. Like we were They're talking about well. this before, Mark. I, I said before, if Iguain, if Iguain would have left Milan the week before the Super Cup, Milan could have won that game. Milan would have won that game if Iguain would have been gone. I guess we never know. Day, before. We'll never know. But based on what's been happening since Iguain left, the uh, the uh, the uh, locker room is uh, is united. Everyone giving 150%. Nothing's coming out of the locker room anymore. 
Gattuso, everybody follows Gattuso, everybody likes him. The team is playing, the team is performing, the team is winning. The team could very well win the, win the, 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 the Coppa Italia. No, I think, I think that this Milan, like you said, the Iguain, as much as I'm, I'm a fan of Iguain because I like great strikers, and I think he's a very good striker, not world-class, but a very good striker, um, he was very negative. Yes. At AC Milan. Yes, I think that we've seen him a lot of times. He doesn't get the ball and he starts screaming or he misses a shot. And and I, I understand that a lot of big players do do that. But I think that he was also bringing that negativity towards the locker room and towards his players. And not really that good kind of, I'm mad that I didn't score. More of the depressing kind. And I think that Piontek, on the other hand, has been a player, like, like you just said, Peter. And like we've been saying, he's got this hunger in his eyes. Right. That's unbelievable. I mean, I was watching an interview of him. These two Polish guys on YouTube. Um, I, I wish I knew the channel so I could say it. But uh, these two Polish guys who've been following Piontek for a long time, they were in Milano. And they even had, they said, listen, we knew this guy Piontek, but nobody thought that he could ever come to Italy and do this. And even Piontek himself said, you know, I was in Genoa. I knew that, you know, I wanted to score. And I told myself, if I scored, I think he said 12 goals the entire season, I would have been so happy. So things work out in, in interesting right. ways, but he's got the attitude that does well by Milan. He's young, he's hungry, he's a goal scorer, he's got that eye for goal. And now, and that's when, the style of Gattuso's coaching. When, when everything's going in the right way, it makes a lot of things uh, a lot easier. Same thing for Paqueta. Yeah, but I, he knows, but Gattuso knows his fate is based on, his, on the fourth spot. I think once you arrive in a big team like that, uh, playing you know, at San Siro, uh, yeah. you see it um, right away. I mean, the, the impression that he gave me, the first ball that he touched, uh, was a long ball. He put it down, like he almost nothing, went right? inside, he took a shot. I mean, some players, they get to that level and, and, they, and they do very well with uh, a team that is in the middle of the, uh, where they don't have a lot of pressure and Sheik. you get all the balls they gave it to you. Then you get to a big team and all of a sudden you have to share with this guy, that guy, and you Doesn't don't perform. Yeah. So I saw the Piantec, uh, Piantec that he, he, he did very well from the beginning. As far as uh, the the locker rooms, if you if something comes out of the locker room, uh, Gattuso will stab you. <laughs> yeah, so, you said that that's serious. That's all right. So no, no, no. Right. Uh, if you read the book uh, yeah. of Pirlo, uh, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm talking right? about. And the other thing is, uh, and I have talked this with uh, with Paolo Maldini, and that locker room is for the players, and it's sacred. Nothing comes out of the locker room. He told me that when a, a new player used to come in into the locker room, Maldini used to grab him by the hand and he used to show them everything and how to behave. He says some of, some of these players, they even had, when they came in with the wrong, they even show what clothes, everything. You are part of a team. You are part of a sacred um, locker room. Nothing comes out of the locker room. And Maldini has a lot to do with it mm. because he was there. He uh, knows. He knows and he's a leader. He lives so there. even though he's not in the locker room, believe me, at halftime, if you don't see him in the stands, he's inside the locker room. Okay, I'm, that I'm sure. Yeah. The other thing about uh, Milan is Cotrone. You know, what do you do with Cotrone? I feel like I this kid, uh, you know, he has the potential. He could go in the national team. But the way Gattuso plays... Mm. 
you know, every coach has got their style, and I feel like he wants to play with one guy up there, mm-hmm. and then he, he got he has Suzu on one side, and Kalanuglu. I can never pronounce Chanaruga. I can never pronounce his name on the other side, and that's his style. And where does Kutrone fits in? Does he fit in, or does he fit in only the last twenty minutes in the last half hour? Yeah, I, I feel um, I feel kind of uh, bad for Kutrone, but Same here. I don't know if he's going to hang in there, or at the end of the season he might sell us, and there's no there's no space no. here. For I him. think it all depends, Gaetano, what's going to happen with Milan. If Milan reaches the fourth place, reaches Champions League, and that's what I think is going to determine whether Gattuso stays or yeah, uh, or goes, basically yeah. finishing. Uh, that's one hundred percent. That's one hundred percent. And then you, know, you go to Europa League, or you finish fifth, and you go to Europa League. Basically, you want to restart. You yeah. want to get a new coach. You want to start a new uh, a new cycle. But going back to what you were saying before, yes, I agree about the locker rooms. Sixty percent. The old days. Now it's on social media. That's true. You have these players. They get home. Their husbands or their boyfriends, their companions. They're sad. The wives, they go on social media, oh, my husband didn't start. Why the coach show? Or, or she puts a like on uh, on a fan's comment saying, oh, you didn't start, Peter. Did you hear what Zielinski a, did? Yeah. Where everybody was mad at Zielinski? Because he liked a comment that said, by the time Ancelotti gets sacked, it's, it's going to be too late. Yeah. So that, this just to give Correct. credit it's, it's to yeah. what Ludovico is saying. Media, it's, it's not yeah. back then. Uh, you know, even look what happened between Wandanara and and Lopez and Icardi. Uh, the divorce and everything happened on uh, on social media. Uh, hmm. So now this is the, you know the wives are getting involved, the girlfriends yeah. are getting involved in the decisions, and they comment and they post right away. Yeah. Well. Like it happened you, even with Pepe Reina yeah. in, uh, in Napoli at the Christmas party mm-hmm. that he had a little conversation with uh, a private conversation with uh, De Laurentiis. Reina's wife heard the, overheard the conversation. <laughs> she went home, boom, she commented on, on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> about the contract Do- that it was not going to be renewed. Douglas Costa got in big trouble this week because he liked the post um, linking him to Manchester United and then he unliked it. And I think some of those... There's not too much truth in it because I know even for ourselves, sometimes you just see a picture, you don't really read the caption, and you you know you just like it, and you don't. But I, I, there's a lot of players who get in trouble for that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. You're right, but I think that to your point, I think it's a great point about Maldini, and I think it's something that we've always said with this Milan ownership, which made me feel fishy at the moment, was when Maldini was saying, "I'm not gonna go." You know, once your your legend or Maldini or they don't want to call Maldini to go. I always thought it's very, very fishy. You know, Inter, the Gazzanetti, that's there. Juventus, Nedved, Maldini at, at mm. over there, and Totti at Roma. I think that it's very important. Well, you might say that they're showmans, that they don't really do something, but it's very. Well, it's I think it's presence. key to setting the atmosphere. Yeah, Gattuso, it's the personally. Gattuso and Gattuso's inside. Yeah, he had to go through a lot of things. I mean, at the beginning of the season, he didn't know who the owners were. Milan sold. Milan not sold. This Europa guy purchased League. this guy. Europe. It was a lot. Now you finally have an owner. Mm-hmm. You finally have a a, a, a a club that's basically stabilized. Mm-hmm. You hired Leonardo. You hired Maldini. Now everyone can take a deep breath and relax and things are starting to move forward. Yeah, great but point. For a few months, nobody yeah. knew what's happening in that club. Who was the owner? Who was calling the shots? Who was... No. Gattuso didn't know which it was a mess he didn't know what to no, do it was a mess as a club a whole you know in general it was a mess now at least everything 
Trent, I wish him the best. He deserves it. He's he a, does. He's yeah. a great he guy. Does. Um, a, one last thing favorite. about Milan before we move on. If you're ready to move on, Donnarumma. I was going to bring Donnarumma that is, yep. uh, is playing unbelievable right now. Especially against Napoli, yeah, always. Man, you can't, you can't <laughs> score on this. You can't score yeah. on this guy. He's, he's turning into a leader back there. Yeah. Yes. But the crazy thing he's is for, for his height, so crazy. the way he gets down, and he can make a save like right here, which is like... That's 150 appearances oh, for AC Milan at 19 years old. Wow. No. It's it's truly something special. He got criticized a lot. Was it this past summer? Or the summer prior. The summer, summer prior, summer, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they the everybody was mad about the contracts and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, the performs, kid is uh, performing. Yeah. Yeah. And since 16 years old, he's been playing at AC Milan. And as a goalkeeper, usually the goalkeepers you say they develop later. a little bit later because there's a lot of maturity that's involved. And and one of the criticisms, because I know right now the question that we're always asked is Perin, is Meret, is all these guys who should be the starter for Italy. And I think that Donnarumma, number one, has the most experience. And number two, the thing that I really love about Donnarumma is that he's got a great presence about himself. Like Peter said, he's a big guy, but he's not just tall. He's also physically strong. He comes up for these balls. He does not let anybody behind him. To me, Perin and Meret, they're more shot savers. You know, they're really good with their reflexes. They get the ball out, but sometimes they put the ball in a dangerous area where Donnarumma knows how to control the ball a little bit Donnarumma is more explosive, I think. Meret is more technical. Hmm. But Perin disappointed me. Very, very much so. Perino is a, was a big so. disappointment well, because when he went to Juventus... Yeah, but he's not playing for a reason. Right. Well, he went to Juventus. He was already in the Italian national team basically mm-hmm. you know to have a spot on the national team and you accept a backup role in your in, in your menu that's what i think yeah well, that's, yeah but, but Chesney, that's what Chesney it was did the same thing when buffon was there i get but buffon but chesney but he was promised yeah a word is a word and juventus is a is, is a club is a is a type of club like Gaetano was saying before listen buffon you're going to stay one more year after this year Chesney's going to take chesney over. will take over you can make three million saves you could go scoreless for 34 games. But at the end of the season. At the end of the season, this is what we decided. This is what was decided. And this is what's going to happen. To me, to me, Perin is simply not good enough for, for a starter at, at a big club. I think that he lacks personality um, from every time I've seen him. And I know it's a little uh-huh. bit early to judge. But even from my perspective, from when he's played at Juventus, I think that he lacks the character. that, And if we're talking about the starting national team goalkeeper of Italy... There's absolutely no doubt in the world with the players that are here right now. If we're not talking about Buffon, it's Donnarumma. It's, and it's not even close. I don't think that there's an argument to say that Meret should be starting over him. Pedin should be starting over him. Because I don't think any of them are close to good enough to where well, Donnarumma is. I would, have this, I would have this discussion a year from now. Okay. It's too early. Fair enough. Because Meret was injured. Fair enough. He started uh, to play on a regular basis for Napoli back in November. It's only been two months. He's done exceptionally well in uh, in uh, in uh, Napoli, and I would one year with no injuries. Let's hope. Then a year from now, then we'll see. If we're talking about at the mo- moment, at the currently, moment, absolutely, I currently, agree, I agree a thousand. Talking about who's called up for March, I yes. think that it's very clear. But as far as the net Italy for the future, I think whether it's Meret or Donnarumma. Italy's net is good pretty hands. much. I know this. We got Cranio. We got a lot of. We got a lot okay. of good goalkeepers. We have talented um, uh, goalkeepers. Yeah. Defense <laughs> and forwards. <laughs> yeah, um, doesn't look so good. But anyway, uh, I think we covered everything. I wanted to bring up that Donnarumma that you were gonna say real quick. Right now was not a good week for uh, 
former and current coaches of Napoli. I, there was another way that I was going to bring this up. I don't remember. What, oh, we're talking about, you know what we're talking about? We're talking about, you were saying how a coach back in the day didn't have to really speak to his players. You know how they had to, you said that they have to have 11 players, not 23. And I think that that's one thing that Saudi lacks. I need, it's it's one, one feeling that I've always gotten is that he's not a good communicator to his players and even to the media. I mean, what happened, you know, we, we, we got to talk about it. 6-0 against Manchester City. Um, very, very poor display. Well, there's one way. The way a coach communicates uh, in an Italian locker room is completely different than how a coach communicates in in uh, in an English or in another country's well, locker we've, room. We've had a I lot mean, of coaches coach. abroad, though. But even Conte, I've never seen... I think that the way that Saudi went about that was a little bit difficult, or a little bit strange. And if we see what his players went out and on display, six zero. I mean, is that really uh, not to say not? It's not a fair scoreline to take it away. But the demoralization of the players out there, you know, when you hear from Chelsea fans, and there's there's split. Some are are blaming Saudi and say Saudi, this is your fault. The guys are not going out there. They're not hungry. And the other side says, you know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, problems at the club. I think you already found the team that was uh, that had a low self-esteem at Chelsea at the beginning of the season. But he was doing so well, and now it's like, why is there Correct. such a big dip? I well, think is the, the big the problem. Dip, the dip can also be because Sadi's team usually they start very strong in the uh, uh, summer slash fall, where they go everything about 150 miles an hour. And then during the winter, the couple of months in the winter, January and uh, February, they collapse. And then they finish strong in the, uh, in the spring. But he has a couple of players that do not want to be there, that maybe do not agree on his style of play. And remember, Sarri has only one style of play. That's the 4-4-3. He won't make uh, uh, changes according to his opponent like an Ancelotti, uh, like an Ancelotti would. Even though in today's Napoli games, I see a lot of Sarri because yeah. these players they they know each other. I mean the four-three-three. Right. No, four, three, the, three. the the way they play, the way they see, the way the players, the way they communicate with each other on well, the field, the passing. No, I said the four-three. You said four-four-three. No, four-three-three. Compared to the four-four-two that uh, that uh, Ancelotti is doing uh, is doing now. But I don't think he's going to get sacked at the end of the season. It's just that mm. Sarri needs to know now, okay, who wants to leave? You want to leave? You guys want to leave? Now I need to find some players that will marry my course and my style of, uh, of, uh, of playing. You don't what think do you... it depends on the position where no. they end up? So if they finish fifth or sixth, he'll still stay? Yes, I think so. What do you, what I do think, you think? It, what do you I think, think about the situation stay. at Chelsea right now with Sarri? I think he will stay. I mean, I haven't followed really because uh, uh, I follow the Italian football TV. So. <laughs> 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 I haven't followed them very close. I don't know the inside. I don't know what, what's going on on the inside. Um, but uh, like you said, I think there are a few players that maybe uh, they want to leave and you have to decide, hey, if you want to leave, just go ahead and leave and then let me get my players and let me do my style. Will he have the time to do that? I'm not sure because the, uh, Abramovich uh, is known for letting coaches go. And I think he's playing three coaches right now. I don't know how much. <laughs> I think oh, he's yeah. still playing Conte. Conte. He's, uh, so uh, is, is money uh, an issue with him with the coaches? I don't think so. Um, 
I mean, right now, it when it looked like in the beginning it was going to be a solid uh, third or fourth place, I think now it's in what, sixth place? Yeah. Um, Pushing for Champions League spot. Yeah, I, I think if the championship, uh, the Champions League uh, slips out, yeah, I it's don't know. Tough, I, right? I don't know if he's gonna if he's gonna be around. Is he gonna be he around has, to see the end of the season? He has some. He has some great question. players. I mean, the, some of those players. I mean, Hazard is phenomenal. Conte, Jorginho. You know, Conte. But, uh, but none of them were performing. Hazard already William, wanted to leave last year. Yeah. Yeah. William is a, is a great player. Pedro. I mean, he's got so many great players. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, uh, they they have to decide. Who wants to stay? Who right. wants to go? Yeah. Who I think that's the important thing in, in the locker room. stayed one year because Mertens convinced them. Mertens convinced Hazard, give this guy a chance. Sorry. Give yeah. Sarri a chance. Stay one year. Believe me, he will turn you to a better player. He will make you... And uh, Hazard said, okay, I'll give him... But now he wants to... Yeah, Real Madrid is asking. Leave. But now, did he receive... Did Chelsea receive an official offer from uh, from uh, from Real Madrid? We don't... Uh, I mean, you yet, know that uh, Real Madrid, at the end of the season, season they're going to spend they a lot need of money. To, yeah. Because they uh, to. it's they not... Yeah, they 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 always need to be first in the in the Liga and they have to be uh, in the Champions League. So once that one of that is not accomplished, they go crazy. No. You know what? What I found funny is, um, and then Peter comment because I know you had to say something. I find it always funny the the reaction, especially from um, the English media and the media in general, because I think it was Jamie Carragher went on TV and he said that Saudi is turning Chelsea into Arsenal, into where Arsenal are. This is what he said. Um, and I, I find it very funny because Sarri, he's very similar in the type of football that um, Guardiola and Klopp like to play. But if you look at the perspectives of what, what Guardiola's team did the first year, I mean, Guardiola's, the, the amount of money that Manchester City has spent, we were adding it up, me, Peter, and Michael before. It's unbelievable how much he spent. I won't pull it up now, but it's incredible. I mean, they're... I remember he made them pay 60 or 70 million for a goalkeeper because his goalkeeper couldn't play with his feet. So he has the luxury to do that. But in the first year, he also yeah. didn't win the league. He also didn't perform. Klopp, he's been at Liverpool for three, four years now. He's also, everybody will, will fame him for playing great football. But what have you really won? So I think that if you want to take one of the perspectives, you have to give Sadi time then too. Yes, I agree. Because I think that I think that it's a little bit ridiculous that they're asking for a sacking now when you've given Klopp and Guardiola all the keys to fail. And then and then when Conte comes in and wins, Conte won his first season, his first season with almost the same players as the prior year, then the next year he's already gone because he wasn't performing. So to me, there's a little bit of um I don't know what it is, what, what the it's, word well, is. It's, it's, it's called it's, uh, Abramovich. It's yeah, the owner. It's, yeah, but I think I, I'm saying in general, the perception is a little bit flustered. But Chelsea it, fans, after Conte wins, he won you a season in the first year. You got to give the guy a little bit of time too. So balance, balance. But it's, it's, what are we going to say, Peter? It's the club, but Chelsea is known for this. A lot of the players, the managers that go there, they win the first year and the second year, the, the players, for some strange reason, do not show up and do not respond a certain way and they kind of take a year off. It's a lot of time. It's like a showing of how, uh, whether it's Ancelotti that one year, his first year he wins, and then he, then the next year he doesn't win anything and they send them away. Or uh, Mourinho also comes in and then the next year they, they he doesn't, uh, you know, he gets sacked also. So, I mean, it's just uh, Chelsea for some reason. The players, they don't respond. 
and Abramovich being that you know he wants he doesn't care if the team plays well or has a certain style of football he just wants to win yeah okay he has a, that Italian type of uh, mentality and uh That's I don't know what's so weird is Sari was doing so good the, in the beginning, in the beginning. Was talking about, yeah, and yeah, I do not understand me. what happened something happened and he's just if it's a communication thing or the player's not responding. Maybe a Mercato thing. Maybe uh, he wanted someone. He wouldn't even shake Guardiola's hand. Communication, he has Zola to communicate. Yeah. The, guy cannot speak, uh, the guy cannot speak English. That's why they got Zola. No, I think he picked it up pretty well. Be, uh, well but not to have a... Oh, okay. uh, uh, when when a he went off on that rant, he said it in Italian yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Correct. So... I don't know. I don't know. But I feel bad because I really enjoy watching Sari and what he did with Napoli. And I thought with the players that Chelsea had have, he would have been able to do really big things. It's just not working even, out for him. Even when Napoli, remember the, the team that he inherited in Napoli, that was Benitez. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Benitez. And he had to so mold the ingredients, them. Yeah, basically he created, yeah. He created a, a, a great dish of pasta with the ingredients purchased by Benitez. He was able to create that mix for mm-hmm. uh, for uh, for three years, but now it, I think in Chelsea at the moment the club has to get involved and say, okay, now the the next season starts now. Who wants to go? Who's not happy? Sorry, who can we get next season that will marry your cause, that will marry your style of uh, mm-hmm. of play? And now you start oh, setting you, you... up, you start planning for next season. As of now, no. Hazard wants to go. Okay, but who wants him? Where's the official offer? Mm-hmm. I, I think that, uh, that Chelsea have a deeper problem. You want to look at they had Mourinho. They've had uh, Hiddink, right? Hiddink ran back. They've had Conte. They've had Sadi. Those are four incredible coaches, great coaches who have won at a lot of places. Those That variable has changed how many times? The one variable that's not is the club. Is the you know there's so much talk about their board not doing the proper things, being too quick to judge, being all this and that. So I think that that there's a, an opportunity right now for Abramovich to say, listen, I tried with Mourinho, I thought maybe it was a coach. I tried with Conte, I thought it was a coach. Now, oh, maybe this time it's not the coach that's the problem. Maybe it's something internal that's a problem. And I know that they have a system where it's very different from other European teams. Don't quote me on it, but I think that they don't have a director or a real sporting director like most of the teams have, and a lot of the calls are coming from different places. Anyway, to move on. But look at also Real Madrid to to open a look at the coach of Real Madrid. Solari. Solari. He benched three, four players. That basically is okay. These guys don't. They're not giving one hundred fifty percent. They're not uh, uh, playing. You know, he put them aside, and now he's starting those players that. Give him, uh, you know, give him yeah. what what he really what he's really looking for. The guy has nothing to lose. Listen, you sack me, you sack me, but until you sack, I'm gonna do it my way. Yeah, mm-hmm. well said. Um, Ramsey, Aaron Ramsey, officially signed for Juventus today. They did a pre-agreement. They announced the transfer. He'll be moving to Juventus um, on a free transfer in June, uh, July first. Um, there's been a lot of talk about his contract. There's been d- wrong reports too, by the way, because. Uh, Italy often re, uh, reports after taxes, um, and I know other countries do it before, a little bit differently. Yeah. They do it before, uh, but he's going to be making seven and a half million a season. And again, just to rebut, I know a lot of people are saying seven and a half million is way too much. But when you do a free transfer, usually the salary is up a little yeah. bit. And also, Juventus is a place where it's getting to that level where everybody's almost around that same number, or at least 
going towards that same number. Whoever's making the renewals, it's going up and up and up. Um, I think we've spoken that we don't really know Ramsey. We don't know what he can add. We don't know if he can solve the midfield problems. From what we've heard, um, he's an injury-prone player. He's a player who's not really going to make the difference. Can we say if he will? If anyone here knows about Ramsey, you could speak up. But if we don't, right? Heard he gets injured a lot, but that's all I know. Ludovico, you know anything about him? When he gets injured, Gedira also gets injured injured a lot. (laughs) If we're getting another Gedira, it's not a good thing. (laughs) Well, well, you have to see how the... um, how he will uh, play in the see playing in England and playing in the Italian Serie A is completely is completely uh, different. You have to give him time to adapt to a new championship, a different style of playing than uh, than uh, than England, where the game is more tactical, and you 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 basically have to do what the coach tells you to do because you you you're very it, it's a more tactical of a game and not the way uh, it's usually played in uh, in England. So we have to see. But he's an average player. I mean nothing out of the uh, nothing out of the uh, ordinary. nothing out of the, uh, the ordinary. A player that if he accepts his role in uh, in uh, what Juventus wants to give him, free transfer, seven million a year, I think Juventus can can you know easily uh, afford that without a Yeah, without yeah, a I'm not I'm not that in that. The only thing that I've always said, just to reiterate, I think that if he's the, the guy brought in to solve the midfield problems, which no. there is a midfield problem, to me, off a hunch, I don't believe that's it. Uh to be seen if he is, and to be seen if he's the only person that's brought in. Anyway, let's get a few questions in. We'll just hit a few because we hit a lot in this podcast. Uh Jim Jesse has a question for you, Peter. He says, How would you change the main tactics at Inter? Mainly because I think that they play the ball back to the defense way too much so how would you change uh, the tactics at Inter oh we gotta think that they need to I be think you, you have to pick up the tempo we have fast wingers right with Politano Perici they're very crafty so we have to be able to move the ball in a better better rhythm uh you know moving back sometimes it's necessary when the team especially in Italy where they close a lot of gaps and they they remain uh tight in the defense but uh you know you it's hard Serie A sometimes to break down the defense but with the players that we have and the width and the way Spalletti really wants the team to play, you have to try to open up the play, look for the crosses, look for Icardi in the middle. Uh, but unfortunately, Inter also is missing one key component, which Nangolan was supposed to fix, is that person, that's that midfielder that's able to connect the midfield, the defense with the attack. And we don't have that crafty player as like a the standard trequartista that can that can do something, you know. The creative, so, yeah, the creativity. The creativity for sure. So the, the, that the also affects, the tempo of the game. yeah, because when the game is tight like this, you have that one player that has the spark, you know, and dribbles, makes someone miss, you know. Even though in Italy they don't like that, they want you, you know, two touches. That's it. Get that ball moving. But sometimes when you're in the last third, you need that burst of uh, creativity that can so open up a, a defense. You're missing a fucking rule, we're missing. in another yeah. words. You're missing that's like a Zagnolo. You want a Zagnolo? Like a Zagnolo, unfortunately. Ryan asks, should Juventus stick with Rugani as a future center back or try to find someone else like Delit? This guy from, uh, I think he's from Ajax or something. Um, as far as uh, Juventus and the center backs, I think that in the summer, they'll definitely need to fix their center back problem. If there was ever a wake-up call... Um, it was, Definitely you know, this now, this yeah. past few weeks with Bonucci and Chiellini, um, the importance of them too. Juventus uh, is the oldest team in Serie A, by the way. One of the, are they the, the oldest? The oldest. Okay. Juventus? Yeah. 
34 years of age. I think they're 28. Average. Oh. I thought it was 28. Anyway, um, I think that Rugani has never shown that he's capable to be a leader on his own. He's always shown great signs along with Bonucci and along with Chiellini, which is not enough. And I think that Juventus do need um, a defender with a lot of character. And to give the example of someone who did great business was Inter with Skriniar. I think that he's that type that you need who has a strong character, who's not scared, where Rugani or and Romagnoli, Romagnoli and Skriniar, who don't get scared, where Rugani on the flip side, to me, has always shown that he's fearful in the moments where he's needed most. Or oh, maybe a Koulibaly and replacing uh, yeah. Chiellini. Yeah. But that won't happen, right? It won't happen. <laughs> I don't Koulibaly know. Koulibaly is Napolitano. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to tempt you with it. Last question from Vincenzo. Um, he says, can Piontek and Paqueta become Milan's new Shevchenko and Kaká? Whoa, that's... <laughs> wow. That's a lot to... That's a lot to... Uh, <laughs> I like dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Listen, um, I don't know too much about Paqueta yet, but uh, if I was uh, AC Milan, uh, I, I love Piontek. I think this guy is the real thing. I could be mistaken, but I like the guy. I would get uh, get out to this Canaloglu, Canaloglu, Canaloglu. I can never pronounce his name. Maybe you should go and put Paqueta in his place, and I would I would have Suso on one side, Paqueta in the, uh, on the other side, and Suso there, and I would get another midfield. Hello, Champions League, right, Gaetano? The, the because is the right now on the four three three, Paqueta plays uh, <coughs> on the, um, on the midfielders on the left side on yeah. here. I will move him a little bit closer to here, get rid of this guy, and and um, get another midfielder. Okay. interesting um i think we'll leave the rest let's do <laughs> let, let's do champions league predictions real quick just of this week and we'll do all the games why not uh roma against porto the game is in rome the match is tomorrow today if you're watching guys chic is gonna be out um olsen most likely Who decided? Out. mental coach everybody else is in except the mental olsen coach decided and, he can't play <laughs> and chic <laughs> what's uh what's our prediction? Let's go around. Ooh. Pete, let's start in Rome. Score? Yeah, just go around. Yeah, you yeah. can so get zero zero. Is it in Rome or it's in Rome? It's in Rome. Zero zero. Zero zero. One nothing Roma, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely think that uh, De Francesco will have the the team ready and uh, De Rossi is playing uh, right. Should be. Yeah. Um, yeah, if they're De Rossi and I think De Francesco will have his team ready and it's gonna be a win. I think that um. I, I don't know. I think it's it's difficult to say with Porto because they're one of the teams that I guess we don't get to see often mm-hmm. um, on TV. So I don't know what to expect of them. But I know that they are a solid team and they're a team that works hard and that works united. Um, what, what Roma are we going to see? Are we going to see a Roma that doesn't show up or are we going to see a Roma that shows up? I think that it's going to be a 1-1, a draw. I'm going to go with you, Mark. I say 1-1. I think they're going to score, but they're going to concede a stupid away goal. But I think in Portugal, I think they're going to get some revenge. Um, okay, Let, let's do the other games. Manchester United against PSG. I've heard Neymar and Cavani are both not in this game. The match is in Manchester. Ludovico, we'll start off with you. 2 nothing, uh, Manchester United. Wow. Goal scorers? Anything? Pogba. Doesn't, uh, <laughs> he doesn't care. <laughs> what do you think, Mike? 1-0, uh, Manu. <laughs> I think that I'm going to go with a Manu win. Yeah, I don't think Menu can lose a game. I mean, since this guy Schroeder came in, I mean, I don't think they have lost a game. The guy, he can lose. So they're going to win. I think out of 11 games, they have 10 wins and one draw. Yep. 
Did they? Did yeah. they yeah. I think they have one draw. I know one they draw. didn't lose. Yeah, no. 11 draw. games, I think it's 10 wins yeah. and one draw. And Pogba has been phenomenal. Yeah. That's By the way, just to give a, goals a, and... a touch, I watched Manchester United's last game. Every every time I've watched Pogba play since he joined from Juventus, I never saw Pogba. I'm starting to see Pogba, what we saw from Juventus. The guy goes up. The guy scores goals. He's attacking, Assist. and he's enjoying. He's playing with a yeah. smile on his face. And he face. doesn't come back. He doesn't come back. You're right. <laughs> but <laughs> it's also his position is a little bit pushed. Yeah, and, that, and this is what we were talking about before, about Dybala. And, oh, and yeah, you know, Boca yeah. is a totally different player. Yeah. Yeah. You change the coach. The guy's a totally different wow, player. Wow, good. So you say Manchester United win? Yeah, yeah, they win. I agree. They're win. too hot right now. Guys, and they're playing how, at home. How incredible would it be if PSG, every year, these guys spend so much money. <laughs> they're begging. They look up. They, they pray that... that they could win a wow. Champions League. Billions. Wow. So much. No other club. They go around FFP. They buy it from... They made a country by Neymar so they could try to win the Champions League. And right now, they are risking a lot for Manchester United to go out. Mike, you said Verratti's injured. I don't I know heard, if it's true. Yeah, they had a few injuries. I'm but if Verratti's sure. injured, they're really screwed. Mm. Anyway, um, Tottenham against Borussia Dortmund is the game on Wednesday. Uh, Peter, we'll start with you. I think Napoli tomorrow should have been against uh, Manchester United, but... <laughs> I like how you just include that right uh, Peter I think Borussia Dortmund is going to win Tottenham missing Harry Kane yeah and Dele Ali, I think too mm. yeah, yeah, I think yeah, Dele yeah. Ali is not in yeah what do you think Borussia where, they, where they're playing it's in England uh, I go for a tie tie Ludo which game are we talking about Borussia oh. Dortmund versus Spurs Dortmund Borussia Dortmund Dortmund win Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with a with a win for for Tottenham. I know Dortmund's uh, very hot, but I think Tottenham's got the character to be able to beat them in London. I think Dortmund one zero one. Okay, uh, last game Ajax Real Madrid. Oh, I, uh, I should have wrote this down. <laughs> we, we, we got we, we, we um, Ajax Real Madrid. The game is in Holland. Uh, Real Madrid win two nothing. Two nothing. I'm going with the yeah. tie. I'm going for Ajax. I right, listen. I hope you're right, but what do you think? Ajax isn't a bad team. I'll, They're I'll, not a bad team. I'll go with the tie. <laughs> there we go! I can this. <laughs> All right. you, you guys can have your moment, but we'll see what the, okay, the final score goes. See. And let's do Europa League. Write this down. Write this down. Europa League. <laughs> uh, uh, rapid uh, Vienna against uh, Inter. Oh, you Peter. want to talk about Juventus? No. Well, no that's, I meant that's, that's next, okay, next okay, week. Okay, yeah. Okay. Let's talk Peter about had Europa. it ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Next week. Next week. Uh, rapid Vienna against uh, Inter. 0-1. Inter will win 1-0. Okay. 2-0 Inter. Yeah, I say win with Inter. I don't know the score, but it's going to be an Inter win. And uh, is Icardi going to score? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. We're going to ask one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Did you say it? Did you? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think Inter is going to do Inter it. win. Uh, Lazio against Sevilla. This game is in Rome. Oh, my game. God. How, is there, how is there a game in Rome on Thursday and a game on Tuesday? Wow. I don't want to answer this. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I think it's going to be... Um, I'll say it. I see a tie. I say a draw. I say I a draw. A draw. I yeah. put my fingers up. Sevilla is a very good team. I think Lazio has been clicking, so I think Lazio has a good chance, especially at home. Why not? They gotta make listen. This this game, Europa League, they it's not an objective that they have to win. So they're just gonna play it out, and I think they've been playing pretty I good hope. right now. So you say so. win? Yeah. Draw, Mike. I'm gonna. I like Peter's confidence. I'm gonna put him a win too. Lazio win. Yeah, Lazio's gonna win. There we okay, go. Okay. Last game, uh, Zurich against Napoli. The game is in Zurich. Zero one. Napoli win. Napoli 3-0. Two. <laughs> 2-1 Napoli. I say Napoli win, but I don't know about the team. Give me a score. I don't know. 2-0. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah Napoli's going to win. Yeah. So, that's all the games. Uh, Champions League is back. The Serie A is back. Right. Ludovico, as always. Thank you so much for having we're me. So happy. We're so happy to have you. I love the comments that you leave on on IFTV on the Instagram sometimes. <laughs> so he leaves comments on our Instagram. Hilarious. Yeah. He just he tosses it out there. It's so funny. Um, anyway, guys, as always, um, keep watching. Subscribe. Rate the podcast. Five stars. Antonio's favorite part. Cinque Stelle. Um, follow us on Instagram at Italian Football TV. Our new account. As always, thank you for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, guys. Ciao, guys. Ciao, guys. <laughs>